1: Welcome to
2: another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your
3: hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Friday edition of the show. It's been a weird week with 4th of July in the middle.
4: Yeah, it was like, I felt like yesterday was Monday. Exactly. It's kind of nice that it's Friday already.
3: I guess. I don't know. It's I'm all upside down. Well, that's because you had a pool party in the middle of the week. Yeah. Parking lots are almost empty, so people have yeah. had a long holiday week.
4: Exactly. I wish we would have had a long holiday week. Why didn't we have a long holiday week? Know.
3: Because we are stalwarts of the radio airwaves. I guess that's what it is. Yes.
4: But welcome in the Ride Thank Home you. with John and Kathy. Uh, John, I would like to be the first one. and I mean, I know you have other friends, and perhaps better friends. No, no. But I'd like to be the first one to tell you. Tell me. Your weekend has begun.
3: Ah, yes. Five minutes past the five o'clock hour. <laughs> On a Friday afternoon, truly all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world.
4: Happy to also tell you that today see this means nothing to me, but I know it means a lot to you and why I'm bringing it up. It's National Fried
3: Chicken Day. Oh yes. National Fried Chicken Day.
5: Start now you know. You're
3: doing the funky chicken. Oh, the funky chicken. Mike's <laughs> Wait, doing who the is funky this?
4: chicken. Mike is Mike's actually doing it in the who is this? Rufus. Rufus Thomas. I li- Wait, I like this.
6: From 1972. Y'all ready, fellas? Y'all ready, fellas?
3: The funky chicken. Y'all ready for this? I like this. I like it. Have you ever done the funky chicken at a wedding or anything?
4: Well, I mean, I, I do believe I have.
3: Yeah. You do believe. You can't I mean, it's a lot. It's,
4: it's a lot better than the, uh, the chicken dance, which mm-hmm. is unbearable.
3: Yeah. What is the chicken dance exactly? Oh, That's horrible. Yeah.
4: National Fried Chicken Day, John.
3: I like myself some fried chicken. I know you do. I love it. Yeah. Happy to have it. My wife makes excellent fried chicken. That should not sure be surprised. She she's a fine cook.
4: Now, how often do you have that?
3: Not often. Not often. Like, um, what does that mean? I mean, I, I can't put a pin, you know, I can't say we have it every month. Um,. I don't know. Every... Is it
4: a regular element of the hall? No, then? no,
3: no. Because uh, no, uh, no. I, I like it. My one of my kids likes it. My wife, of course, likes it. Um, but one of the other kids does. No, I would say once every six weeks, maybe.
4: Wow. Okay, that's a lot,
6: Mike.
3: Fried chicken. Fri- fried
6: chicken. How do you feel about it? I love it. Yeah. Do you? I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? I love fried chicken. Probably have it at least. I don't know two three times a month
4: what wait what? you make it at home yeah
3: what do you really
4: yeah, You put it on the
6: skillet throw some oil in there
3: you know fire it up it's wait a second that sounds thin that sounds, <laughs> wait is this the kind of thing uh, that your wife does and so you're no, talking about no, it like you know exactly guy, yeah exactly that guy's
4: making yeah. it up there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah yeah. he doesn't know <laughs> yeah. how the fried chicken ends up on his plate he's gotten zero mm-hmm.
3: yeah. zero details throw about some that oil in there fire it up get <laughs> out of here
4: yeah well but you have it a lot two or three times a month yeah okay
3: no, how about some KFC? Do you, uh, Mikey, doing some takeout?
6: Oh, definitely KFC with the mashed potato bowl.
3: That's fine. Ever had that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Kath looked at me like,
3: "What's the?"
4: No, I'll tell you what I like at KFC very, very much. I am serious about their coleslaw.
3: Oh, that's good coleslaw. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. it's good coleslaw.
4: very good. Oftentimes, I'll go through the drive just to get some coleslaw. Just to get the mm, coleslaw, okay. I get a large coleslaw. Very nice.
3: You know, it's good fried chicken. Um, uh, Mike, this is not you don't know this, but Donatelli's in Bloomfield.
4: Oh, right. You know what? That is a huge seller. When I'm waiting in line for the deli, yep. people are coming up. The fried chicken and their fish sandwich
3: mm-hmm. must be awesome. I've never had either one. Why? So you don't like fried chicken? No. What is the deal with that?
4: I don't like it. Why? It's so greasy. Who
3: cares? It's super greasy. Bring it on. Give me that fried chicken. Yeah, I don't. Mm. And you know what? <laughs> mm. It makes your hands a real mess. Oh, yeah. I mean,
4: call me Prissy and I get <laughs> I it, it and I'll prissy. take it. But it's just such a
3: mess. So what? It's like ribs. Who cares? Ribs? Give me that. Like you I don't, don't like ribs. No, oh,
4: you know why? Because it's ribs, just oh. too much of what? a mess.
3: What do you like all like neat and? I
4: don't know. I don't know. I just don't like to get my hands super like dirty when I'm eating. No, I just, I'm happy. I all right, the so
3: you messier. Can't do wings.
4: Oh, I do like see.
3: Well, you do wings with a knife. I and like fork.
4: wings enough that that making my hands a disaster is worth
3: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I love wings. Okay, going back to now, don't distract me. Talk about National Fried Chicken, Mike. Mm, According to food historians, Scottish immigrants brought their tradition of deep frying chicken in fat to the southern U.S. in the 1700s. Wait, 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 wait.
3: The Scots invented fried chicken? Yes,
4: yes, they had it. Yes. After its introduction into the American South, fried chicken soon became a staple. Over time, seasonings and spices were added to enrich the flavor
3: of the chicken. Really?
4: Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure at your favorite Fried chicken chain, you could get big deals today. Yeah. I mean, I'm just assuming. So. I don't
3: know. You think so? They're jumping on that?
4: Yeah, it's National Fried Chicken Day. I'm yeah. sure there are.
3: Huh. No, I, uh, the chains are fine. I mean, KFC, I don't particularly like KFC. It's always sort of a disappointment to me. If I'm doing fried chicken, I'm doing, you know, my, my wife's home fried chicken. Now,
4: when you were growing up, was KFC a thing that maybe your parents would bring it home and it would be like, wow, no, that's no, awesome? No, no, it wasn't. Rarely for me. Okay.
3: No. I mean, I remember, you know, my youngest was like, could we please try some KFC? And so we kind of you know strung that along for a few months and then finally one day I came home with a bucket of KFC it was like you know the exaltation the you know the Saints had arrived mm-hmm. and it was a disappointment to me
4: would disappointment. you do, yeah. do you go with the extra crispy no, or the original no, no, or what is no. it called extra yeah are there...
3: extra crispy I'm not doing that
4: or what's the other one the original origin, yeah, I don't know. Mike original yeah my original recipe. recipe
3: someone's calling about fried chicken Mike let's let's talk to that person yeah I think we probably need to yeah to no I person. do I'm just if you're doing fried chicken at KFC just do I would do the regular. Although now there's all kind of spices that you can t- do on top of that.
4: Would you go with the mashed potatoes and all the yes, sides would, and of course, all of that? Of course. Would you go uh-huh. with the green beans?
3: Um, they're pretty good. Really? I really they're like-, not like canned
4: green beans. Oh no, they are canned. Oh, but canned green beans don't have to be horrible.
3: They don't have to be really good either. Well,
4: no, but I'm saying, I think, no. the, I think the green beans are pretty strong there. What about uh, Boston Market? Did they all disappear? There are a couple, there's no, one here right on Green Tree Road. No, there's, there's, the one on McKnight Road's gone. Is it? So there, I don't think there are any more in the North I, Hills.
3: I like uh, Boston Market.
4: Mm-hmm. No. Now, was there fried chicken there? I think there was. I think you could get fried chicken.
3: I don't think no. so. They've kind of gone, You know, you know, sort of higher health end. Food. Yeah, not health food, but, you know, it's a little higher end. We're talking about Boston Market. One of the guys here, he does a, a chicken a chicken sandwich that bought from Boston Market. Well, how about Chick-fil-A?
4: For crying I mean, out loud. New Mike, you know anything about Chick-fil-A? Oh,
3: my goodness gracious. There's Mike Yeah, working in the kitchen at Chick-fil-A. I know
6: way too much about Chick-fil-A.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: So when you were working at Chick-fil-A, or maybe better to ask you now that you're not working at Chick-fil-A, yeah. when you go there, because I know you do, uh, what do you order? Um, nuggets. Yes. Nuggets and the really? strips. Yeah. Really? I do.
3: The strips. Yeah,
4: the strips are good. So you're not a sandwich fan. Not really. I'm just sick of it. Oh, I got a mean, number. I get a number five meal every single time. I do
3: number two, spicy mm-hmm, deluxe. Spicy. Oh, yeah. Del- What's that? Oh, it's very nice. That
4: Lettuce, seems tomato. high end.
3: Lettuce, tomato, pepper jack yeah. cheese. Yep, exactly. Oh yeah. It's wow. Nice.
4: I think. I mean, that's probably a pretty big cost that you're incurring there. Do you, do you throw a honey roasted barbecue sauce on that? I I do not. I never tasted any of the sauces until Mike guilted me. He was like, "You are missing out. Your life is worth it." Don't don't understand the sauces. Must the honey barbecue is awesome. Really? Oh, it's amazing. The honey barbecue is so
3: good. Now I want to go.
4: Okay, let me tell you another thing though, and this is off the beaten path, but we're still talking Chick Fil A. They have a new salad called the Chicken Berry Salad or something. Haven't tried it. It is fabulous you know, is it i had it three times the week i was away Holy traveling smokes. because we kept stopping in fast food places and i wanted to fit in my pants
3: how about when they yeah. like you're driving down the road and you see people on the on the side of the road grilling i always like that
4: oh you mean especially if you're in the south yeah oh well, my god! are, like, you, are know, you kidding ha- me setting something i saw up. that 20 times in southern virginia that's nice north the northern part of north carolina you have, a, have you
3: done that have you pulled over
4: no, because I was in a bus. Oh right,
3: <laughs> of course not. <laughs>
4: Can you imagine if some poor guy yeah, who's yeah. like got four like chicken thighs on his grill and no, like no. thirty of us get off the bus? Hey,
3: we're here. That uh, no.
4: would probably wouldn't work. Right. Anyway, happy National Fried Chicken Day to you. all of you.
3: Mm-hmm. There you go. All oh, those poor chickens.
4: Oh, well, see, now I just feel badly.
3: Me too. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We're going to talk uh, in just a few minutes.
4: With uh, Reverend Kurt Bjorklund, senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. How does an abused wife submit and pray for her husband? We'll talk about all the goings-on in the Southern Baptist Convention. That's next today's Ride Home. 101.5
7: 101.5 WORD
8: Dr. McGee, our teacher on Through the Bible Radio, is in the Epistle to the Galatians this week. He has some very important information for believers who may have missed something in Jesus words when he said, "I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him." It's true Jesus is knocking, but he's not going to beat down the door to your heart. It's up to you to open it by faith and belief. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. How is it possible for a man
5: lost in the darkness of sin and unbelief to be saved? He loves his darkness. He hates the light. The amazing power of God's grace is the only answer to that question. God sends Jesus Christ, who through His death on the cross, becomes the light that shines in the midst of the horrible unbelief of this world. That work of Christ is powerful to save. When Christ sends his Spirit to work in the heart of a sinner, that man cannot resist him. The light of salvation cuts through the darkness and shines in a person's heart, opening the eyes that were darkened, giving that person a heart that understands and desires the things of the kingdom of heaven. He now lives in the light and thanks God for the free gift of salvation worked in him by Christ. For more information about our church, call 412-727-6778 or check out prcpittsburgh.org. Preaching the kingdom of God
9: and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a do-it-yourselfer, a backyard shed for your extra stuff. How hard could it be? Until you realize that basic package from the home store doesn't include the shingles. Or the paint, the floors, the ventilation. There's even a charge to cut the lumber. At Yoder's Backyard Structures, you get all that, plus on-site consultation. A structure built to last, delivered fully assembled and placed free, ready to use with a 10-year warranty. So you can do it yourself or do it with Yoder's. YodersBackyard.com.
7: When you're a kid... Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, buy a season pass. Just $59.99 online at Idlewild.com.
9: Business is booming. And so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge. Find weekly encouragement from 8.15 to 9.30 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian Business Partners at CBP316.com.
3: Perhaps uh, as a casual observer from the Southern Baptist Convention and Paige Patterson, you may have heard those names. This was a a dust-up, which I guess was, to be fair, much more than a dust-up that happened a couple of weeks ago a
4: couple of months ago
3: about a a woman and spousal abuse and prayer here to make sense of that in in a way is Reverend Kirk Bjorkland. Kirk is is the senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church and it's always a pleasure that you're with us and especially with this this is something like uh, that is tangled like a bowl of spaghetti so uh, go at it and try to make sense of this for us.
10: Well uh, good afternoon yeah the Challenge with this issue, and just for some context to those of the listeners who maybe aren't familiar, Paige Patterson was the president of the main Southern Baptist seminary. They have a couple different seminaries. And before that, he was the president of the whole convention. So he's been a man who has been revered in Southern Baptist circles. And about two or three months ago, a recording surfaced that he had done, and it was probably something a lot like the John and Kathy show where he was being interviewed and he gave some off-the-cuff wisdom in his mind to uh, the issue of abuse. And he basically told a story about a woman who uh, he had counseled to stay in an abusive situation and told her to pray for her husband. And she came to church and said, "Our uh, had been beaten again, and said, are you happy now? And he said, I am, because, you know, I believe that this is the... The the right way to honor God is to be submissive. And then he went on and told the story how the husband was at the back of the church that day and repented and came to Christ, and now they have a happy marriage. And so his advice was, if you're being abused, to stay in your marriage, to submit, to pray, and to leave it to God. And um, between that and then some other uh, accounts of some things that maybe he said over the years as people dug into it... um, uh, the movement kind of caught him and said, "This is not acceptable. We need to push him out." Mm-hmm. And and what what caught my attention were just a couple of things with this that 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 I found um, troubling. And I understand that Paige Patterson was probably trying to hold to something that he believed was biblical, which is the idea of saying. Uh, marriage is forever and, you know, people shouldn't move on. But but I think he misses something pastorally and biblically, and, and that is in Malachi chapter 2. There's a section that talks about um, divorce and about a husband dealing unfaithfully, I think is how the NIV uh, translates the one word in Hebrew, bit. but it's actually translated by the New American Standard, who's dealt treacherously with the wife of his youth. And then the NIV says the man who hates and divorces his wife does violence to her, and the one he should protect. And and so the, the, the connotation there is that there is something in the Bible where we see that dealing treacherously or abusively, harshly, and probably not just physically, but any kind of repeated abusive behavior is, is not God's design for marriage, and that a woman or a man who's suffering some kind of an abusive relationship doesn't just have the right to leave, but should not face the scrutiny of a church telling them that, that somehow they're being disobedient to God if they stay in that dangerous situation. And I think that's where Paige Patterson got such an um, overreaction. And uh, in, in that, or not an overreaction, but such a strong reaction. And, and what's, what's interesting to me, having been a pastor for 25-plus years now, is how many times I've come across similar situations and had women, often women from other churches, end up coming to the church that I pastored where the church they were part of kept telling them they needed to submit and they needed to go back into an abusive situation. And it, and it just every time makes my heart break and yeah. cry because I feel like it, it, it so misses the point of God's mm-hmm. heart and the teaching of the Bible, and the church should be the one place where, where anyone can come and find safety and refuge from oppression, especially oppression in the home that's done in the name of God.
4: I appreciate you saying that, Kurt, because, you know, we talked about this issue. We chronicled this news story as it developed over the weeks and the decisions that were made at Southern Baptist Convention and the conversations online that were going on in blog sites and on social media and all those sorts of things. The one thing, though, that I think was absent from that conversation was what you just provided, which is, okay, so we know the submission passages that Paige Patterson was talking about that he was utilizing in a way that I think and that clearly you think is inappropriate. But scripturally, there weren't people that were telling the opposite story that were saying, "No, wait a minute. It's not like the scripture is speaking to women staying with abusive husbands and our culture is speaking out against it. What about the scripture telling the real story of how husbands should treat their wives?"
10: Yeah, no, that's that's well put. And 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 I understand the impulse is to say we want to protect marriage from I think the idea of a slippery slope where somebody can say, oh, he yelled at me once so right, I can right. leave, and 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 I get that, but I think when somebody gets to the point where they're starting to say, maybe I'm abused, um, to minimize it and tell them to go back into it rather than to provide a pathway to safety and health is actually the opposite mm-hmm. of what I believe the Bible would call for and uh, and again I've seen it so many times in the church that that unfortunately it didn't shock me that it that it came out this way. What was sad is how how long this went without being challenged or becoming an issue, and that it took. Even the world's "quote unquote" Me Too movement to force the issue for the Southern
3: Baptist. Yeah, so, uh, as a story unfolded, Kurt, uh, it became at least for me sort of a not only a theological issue but also a social issue as well. When you look at the age of Paige Patterson and perhaps you know coming of age as he did as a young man in the the nineteen fifties and forward. Perhaps his mindset, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for him whatsoever because clearly what he said was wrong, but his mindset was, well, you know, it's for the greater good of the marriage, and no matter what abuse the woman is taking, she should stay in the marriage, and, you know, it'll, it'll sort itself out or not one way or another, but it's for the good of the marriage, and it's the woman's role, her duty to stay in the marriage. What do you think?
10: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I would hope that's not a generational thing. Um that would be unfortunate to paint all older men and men of faith of that generation as sure. having had that mindset. I went back and listened to his actual comments mm-hmm. on the radio yeah. show today, yeah. just because I wanted to be refreshed in it to make sure I wasn't speaking out of turn. And he said almost boastfully, "I've never counseled any woman to get a divorce," hmm. and, and and I think that's the that's probably what you're referring to, John, yes. in in your idea of saying. There was such a strong desire to say no one should ever get a divorce because after all God hates divorce, Malachi 2, which again the NIV translates just a little differently, that, that they say, my role is to, is to keep every marriage together. Well sometimes the most biblical thing that can happen is a marriage can end, hmm. and again I think as a church leader to not be able to say that with conviction to a woman or a man who is living in an abusive situation is to do more damage to the institution of marriage, mm-hmm. to the cause of Christ, and to individual families than it is to, to be of help. Now, having said that, obviously I uh, want to uphold marriage as well and not um, facilitate easy divorce um, in, in the terms of just saying, hey, as soon as I have a problem, I'm going to claim that, you know, that this person was abusive. But, but, um, but, but more times than not, the people who come seeking that are people who have experienced deep psychological wounds within their marriage and have put up with it for a long time and have never termed it abuse. So to have somebody tell them that they need to go back into it is, is again, j- just to really do damage at a key moment of church and pastoral responsibility, in my estimation.
4: Yeah. Kurt Bjorklund is with us. Uh, Kurt's from Orchard Hill Church. He's a senior pastor there. Um, information about Orchard Hill is available on our website, Uh Kurt, what about the ways in which we as a church communicate with the larger culture? I think the thing that was sad about – well, there are many things that were sad about this story for me um, – the, another that we haven't even talked about is the fact that um, a, a young woman went to Paige Patterson when he was working at the uh, the other flagship seminary in the Southern Baptist um, Church, the seminary uh, system, and said that she was raped, and he said that he would report it, and then he didn't report it. And then he said, well, you know, before any... And then he insisted that he meet with her um, without her having any friend with her or any cohort or any support system. And she went in and, you know, talked to him with three other men. And it's just the the whole, the whole story is so heartbreaking. It just makes you sick, which is why pa- Paige Patterson doesn't have his job anymore. But I guess what I'm asking is that it appears that the church has followed the hashtag MeToo movement. And boy, my heart wishes that it would have been the other way around.
10: Yeah, um, and I I guess I would push back a little there and say some churches have. I don't know that that's true across the board. I think there are a lot of churches and institutions um, that have consistently fought for the rights of any victim and have— encouraged and reported all abuse. Um, and so uh, certainly there have been churches that have covered up or done what it appears Paige Patterson did there, where they tried to cover it up. But, um, but you know, it, it's easy to, especially as a Christian, to kind of sit and say, look at the Christian. That's an issue, actually, in secular universities as well at a pretty alarming rate. Uh, there's some great reading and statistics out there around that issue and how how much schools try to cover up campus rapes because they yeah. don't want them to be reported. And so to think that our culture is somehow enlightened. I mean those are your your liberal institutions that are trumpeting right. rights and everything else that that again the statistics would show have have non-reported rapes in that at a much higher rate than probably. Right.
4: And you're uh, some you, yeah, you're right about that. So it's just- for sure, statistically speaking, um, if you're looking church and non-church, um, the the statistics have to be higher, non-church. I guess what I'm saying, though, is when you just look at a cultural perspective, people who are outside the church looking at the church, you think, okay, you hear the Roman Catholic sca- sex scandal, you see the Sovereign Grace scandal, now you see Southern Baptist scandal. Bill Hybels. It's just You see Bill Hybels. Right? It's just all of these things that pile up on top of each other, and I think, gosh, you know, this is not the witness that we were called to give to the world.
10: Right. No, that's absolutely right, no. and 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 it's always sad when the church's witness is compromised. Uh, and I guess what I'm saying is there will always be that in the sense of the church will be made up of sinners, so there yeah. will always yeah. be yes stories and scandals, and then there will always be churches that handled it right. And I guess and they're me, never I, I they're never going to get
4: publicity. The churches that, that handled it right. right, you're never going to hear about. No.
10: That's right, and and so you know when somebody you know, some Christian campus had an event like this, and they handled it right, it doesn't get reported or or told. And uh, it's just another account. In fact, if it gets told, it probably gets told poorly, as in this happen there and look at how bad that place is that it happened yes
3: Um, and and so if there's any good news in this and i think there is good news is that you know whether it's the the church singular or denomination across the board or whatever whatever a governing body that now there is at least uh, again a a more awareness to this right that the the so-called hashtag me too movement and all that has raised the specter of a fairness and if there is abuse there should be abuse reported and that we should you know be together on this and not sort of hide it away
10: well i think that and just the fact that again it's being talked about is positive because what makes victimhood so difficult is feeling that you are alone and that nobody knows yeah, or believes you and and so the the good news is that is that people once they kind of this came to light as a denomination spoke out and said this is not acceptable um, for us and 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 you know I didn't follow the story closely enough to see if he tried to recant or reposition it seems like he did not other than to kind of apologize for where he was misunderstood
3: right there was a lot of twisting in the wind He's,
4: yeah he said he, he said yeah. he stood he stood by what he said yeah
10: basically. right and and I think that was actually part of the problem I mean to say Hey, 18 years ago on a talk show you know where I was asked a question I said something that may have been ill advised and I didn't mm-hmm, mean it mm-hmm. that's one thing but to say I stand by that I think it was positive that 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 so many people men and women said this can't be what defines this denomination mm-hmm, that. and so we have to we have to together take some kind of a stand and, and so I think that's positive because I think there will be be women and men who feel like they are victims of abuse who will say Maybe I am being abused. Maybe this is my time mm-hmm. to 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 seek safety and to seek a church that uh, that will not push me back into that situation, but instead will Listen. help me uh, find my way to health and to God's best for me.
3: Reverend Kurt Bjorklund, senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Kurt, uh, talk to us about Orchard Hill. How are things?
10: Things are things are well. Uh, we're about to launch our summer program of Kids Fest, which is a great thing. Uh, it'll happen at all three of our campuses mm-hmm. this fall. We'll be opening up, uh, hopefully, our our building in the Strip District. We have a oh, we're excited about that. There. That's
4: wonderful. Right on Penn Avenue, right at the end yeah. of the, of the uh, Market District.
10: Absolutely. So we're excited about that. Uh, we launched, uh, we finished a chapel on our campus in Wexford last fall and launched a kind of high church liturgical service in our weekend schedule, in addition to what I'd call kind of our um, main service, which is more of a passion worship, rock and roll kind of feel. But uh, so that's been really fun to just see people who um, have a different style in worship come and begin to participate with Orchard Hill as well. So a lot of great things happening. Excellent.
3: Here. Well, Kurt, thanks an awful lot. We, uh, we appreciate you coming on here and providing some clarity to a very difficult issue.
10: All right. Have a good afternoon. Thanks
3: a lot. You too, Reverend Kurt Bjorklin, Senior Pastor, Orchard Hill Church. Information about Orchard Hill, John and Kathy dot com.
8: Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith
9: while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769
3: to reserve yours. This is John Hall with some really cool news about MyPillow. Mike Lindell and pillow have set a world record for the largest pillow fight in history. It happened on May 18th as tens of thousands of people participated at Pulse Twin Cities, this big annual Christian music event in Minneapolis. The event was dedicated to giving hope to those who have been hurting or those who lost hope. Did you know that before finding faith and becoming a successful businessman, Mike was a former drug addict, but now he uses his story of success to drive others in a relationship with Jesus. You can check it out at my. MyPillow.com forward slash world record special. The event was a great success and Mike wants everyone to share in the excitement. So for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the standard MyPillow for the lowest price ever. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 1-800-961-9207. Again, call 1-800-961-9207, or go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game, Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive, whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R.
1: Best Fiends
11: clear skies for tonight it'll be much cooler overnight more comfortable with a low of 55 degrees tomorrow plenty of sunshine a beautiful start to the weekend comfortably warm high 77 clear skies tomorrow night low again 55 and for sunday will be remaining pleasant with bright sunshine 82 degrees i'm accuweather meteorologist Danielle niddle on 101.5 word fm
3: hey welcome back faith and family night at washington wild things this sunday join us as we host the wild things for a concert featuring red letter hymnal 330 then you enjoy the game stay afterwards for testimonies from the wild thing players about their faith kids 12 and under are free with a Wild Things uh, membership card, which is very cool. But uh, yeah, it looks to be the Word FM event of the season. Also, uh, that's in conjunction with the, uh, the Pirates Faith Night. That is July 27th, I believe. It's a yeah. Friday evening. It's also fireworks night.
4: It uh, And the uh, Pirates will have uh, turned their season around by that point. I'm not
3: paying attention. Listen, I'm, not, I'm not paying listen, attention. Listen, you have
4: rubbed off on me, Good. which I, I think is a mistake. No, it's not. I think that it shows that I'm weak. And. <laughs> It doesn't
3: show your week Shows your why. Listen,
4: you know, in the last in the last seven ten days, I stopped listening to the games. Yeah, and I I, I don't watch them. I don't do anything. And I don't. I think. That I let you influence me
3: on that. Why? I, I'm not saying you should. Do, I didn't say do, do this. I know. I'm
4: not saying you made me. I'm saying that I just, I think I gave
3: in. I'm just saying in my decades of following the team, I cannot go through this again. Invest emotionally in something that to me I, is like, you I got to be honest. I felt the same kill. way.
4: I felt the same way. The Dodgers series, I think it was the 17 to one game. I didn't pay it attention. Just, it kicked me when I was down. I'm sure. I was already down and As it kicked well me. It yeah. yeah. And it reminded me. Of that momentous day in our friendship.
3: Mm-hmm. That was the uh, businessman special. It was. How many years ago? Was that five years ago?
4: That was 2010.
3: Oh, my gosh. That was eight years ago. So we went to because a that was be- game. Because that
4: was before Clint Hurdle.
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah, we went to like a twelve thirty game. Yes, cause, we you know, did. We came back in- this
4: was this was your mission. This was the year that you took it upon yourself to convince me that I would love baseball. And
3: now look where we are. <laughs> now we're both sort of turning our back on baseball. I'm
4: That's not horrible. turning my back on baseball. I just can't. I emotionally want to be happy. Exactly. Anyway, the game we're talking about was the most historic loss in uh, Pittsburgh Pirate history. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Brewers beat the Buckos. 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. I still nothing. have the ticket hanging, yeah. hanging on the bulletin board of
3: my office because it was oh so terrible. Mm-hmm. I think we left when it was 11 nothing, something like that. I think
4: it was 12. Okay. Yeah. I mean we had to go back and this do the a show. Over I, mean, a I think we had, we had to go back and do the show. What was entertaining is turning the radio on to just see the runs pile up.
3: Yeah, that was entertaining. It was
4: great. 20 to nothing. Right. So okay. anyway.
3: All right. Hey, uh Frederica Matthews Green is with us in a few minutes, The Daily Habit of Prayer. Okay, I like this. How often do you pray daily? we will we'll talk to us about that shortly.
0: This is Mike Howard, General Sales Manager at Salem Media Pittsburgh. You've heard me recruit for salespeople for quite a while now, always looking for professionals who just have to be in the sales arena because they love the hunt for new business, have those antennas up, and just simply know how to get appointments. Well, I'm here to tell you that is still exactly what I am looking for, but not just to be in radio. Salem Media Pittsburgh truly is much more, so much so that all of our team's titles have changed to integrated marketing strategist. What that means is we now incorporate everything regarding digital marketing into our daily services, from web design to social media and reputation management, plus all things digital marketing, including retargeting, Facebook, SEO, and SEM, and much more. So if the sales skills I mentioned before apply to you, plus you have a knack or even experience in digital marketing sales, you definitely need to contact us. Would you do that, please? Log on to salemedia.com and click the careers link and search Pittsburgh to
3: apply. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Space. The
9: final frontier. Husband's Log 2018. Following the free delivery and placement of a new shed from Yoder's Backyard Structures, our family now has space to think, to breathe, to live, in the garage, the attic, even the basement. Arrival was successful and came fully assembled, cleverly designed to blend with the existing structures. Buy a new shed from Yoder's and experience space. The Final Frontier available now from yodersbackyard.com.
12: I'm a North Hills girl and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock
9: Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock.
12: Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible.
9: Come say hi to Dr. Stock at Cranberry Community Days, July 13th and 14th. Visit Stock FamilyDentistry.com You know, they say the best is yet to come.
3: So, in your prayer life, are you committed to daily prayer? Frederica Matthews Green is with us. Frederica has been a regular guest on our show for years. We first found Frederica from her book, The Jesus Prayer, and she's written several since then, all of which are excellent. Frederica, my friend, how are you?
12: Hi. Wonderful to be with you again, John.
3: Thank you.
4: Frederica, the idea of praying on a daily basis, you know kind of in the, I would say probably in the evangelical tradition, it's called, you know, your devotional time or your quiet time or whatever. I mean, all the years I was growing up, this was presented to me as something, or maybe it was just in my head, this is how I heard it. This is something that, you know, good faithful people do. And so every time I didn't do it, I would hate myself a little more.
3: Mm. (laughs) Great.
4: Just trying to be honest.
12: I can imagine that. How about you, John? Were you able to stick with your daily devotional time and Uh, faithfully execute that?
3: When I was growing up? I know. No, 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 no. No. I was lucky to get to church on Sunday, Frederica. I'll be honest. (laughs) <laughs>
12: I, I, I can imagine there are plenty of people uh, listening to the radio now and feeling some relief because you can feel so guilty about it. Oh, oh my, my goodness, goodness. And, you know, People can really emphasize, oh, it's so important, you know, if you're going to watch a movie, then why can't you make time to pray? You should be reading your Bible. And um, that can lay a burden on you that there's no clear way how to resolve that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk today about approaching it in a slightly different way. Okay, okay. good. And um, I'm, I'm basing this on one of the very earliest books that was written by Christians. Um, you can find it online. It's called the Didache, and that's, uh, that's spelled D-I-D-A-C-H-E, Didache. Didache. It's it's short. It's really just uh, an essay, and it's available in many translations. You can read it. And um, the Didache says that Christians pray the Our Father three times a day. The Didache talks about many things, how we fast, how we worship, how we baptize, how we have communion, but that's one of the points it makes. It says that we say the Our Father three times a day. And... Um, I found in my own prayer life, I used to try to throw everything into this big sack where I would do the Bible study and the praying and the interceding and all the different elements all at the same time, and it just got so big and unwieldy that it was very tempting just, just to skip it, you know. You get a busy day, you just skip it. No. Um, but turn it around and think, well, I'm not going to do anything really big and demanding, but just three times a day I'm going to stop and say the our Father. I think anybody could do that. I found in my own life that when I started breaking up all my various um, the, the prayer obligations I felt, and I'd do one in the morning, one at noon, one at night, um, kind of sprinkling it throughout the day, the unexpected thing I found was that having a reason to turn back to God over and over every four or five hours brought my mind into the presence of a God in mm. the way nothing ever had. Um, because <laughs> especially at first, I was always checking my watch, you know, and thinking, did I miss it? Am I supposed to pray now? No, I pray later. But even just those thoughts reminded me of the presence of God. And eventually, you know, sprinkling all these little prayer stops through the day, they all linked up together to where I'm, I, I've become able really to have this sense of God with me all the time. And it's not a burden. It's just a matter of making small prayer stops during the course of the day, and thereby bringing the presence of God into your whole day.
4: Frederica, the first time that John and I spoke to you, it was after you wrote your book on the Jesus Prayer. And I clearly remember that day. I mean, I've talked to you about it multiple times, that (laughs) I just thought that a rote... I, I thought the rote prayer was a horrible idea. I mean, that seriously went against every part of my evangelical upbringing. Is that rote prayers were you know prayers that didn't mean anything, and they were prayers that you know everybody just said because I couldn't think of anything better Who to taught say. You that this was this is classic evangelical. Like, you grew up Catholic. You have no idea. I do this not. Is You're what, right. This is what evangelical teaching really? is. I'm not making that up. No, really? no, no. Really? Is that the real prayers are the ones that you come from the heart that you say yourself, and that come from well, the heart. And, fine. If, and if it's and if it's a rote prayer then it it, it, doesn't, it's mean, fake? it doesn't it doesn't no it's not fake it just doesn't really mean anything i'm telling you that's what i thought so uh-huh. but after that first time when we talked to frederica i thought well you know what i'm gonna this the jesus prayer couldn't be any simpler right i messed it up right <laughs> of course john messed it up on the air a couple times when he went to talk about it which is very funny but um but the jesus prayer is just lord jesus christ son of god have mercy on me a sinner okay? that's all it is well I've chronicled this over the years. That prayer has changed the way I pray. It has changed the way I pray over all these years. And I've come to realize that rote prayers don't equal meaningless prayers, but rote prayers are often, to me, like an anchor. Yeah. They're the thing you the go... third rail. Right, they're the thing that I go back to. So um, so when you're talking about saying the Our Father three times a day, I do think for people that are from a strong evangelical tradition, they're going to think often the same way I thought, which is, well, why would I do that? That just seems like something that's archaic and something that's... It'd be better if I just you know said something myself To God, so talk about how you look at saying something like the Our Father three times a
12: day. Yes, I I think the the factor there has to do with whether are you praying the prayer or are you just reciting the prayer. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are even if you are praying something spontaneous from your heart, it can be so off the cuff and unrooted inside of you. It can come from a very shallow place. I, I think we all heard that experience. We're at a prayer meeting, and people are just saying, I just really, Lord, want to really just thank you for... And you feel like it's just, uh, you know, it's like the the little rippling waves on the top of a lake, and there's not a, a depth there, mm. even if it's completely spontaneous. And uh, the reason is we human beings are not capable of being deep all the time. And if you put a microphone in front of us and we have to say something to a group of Christians, we always come up with something to say, But even if it's spontaneous, it's not necessarily heartfelt. There are times that we need to pray and come into the presence of God, even when we're not being especially heartfelt, when we don't have something weighing on us or just bursting out of us. And that's why when the disciples said to the Lord, teach us to pray, he said, pray like this, our Father, who art in heaven. He gave them specific words that they could lean on, that were wise and were deep. Deeper than many of us can come up with on this mm, for the moment. Right. Yeah. I think actually when you're in a context where there's that kind of uh, little rippling waves prayer going on, there's something really draining about it. Uh, there's something that almost is sucking the, the life out of you as you try to attend to it and yet there seems to be not that much there. Mm -hmm. None of us are eloquent enough to come up with beautiful prayers on the spur of the moment. Mm -hmm. Very few of us are, or only occasionally are, um, knowing that this is the prayer the Lord gave to us, our Father, who art in Heaven. And, And as I was saying, it's that distinction between just reciting the Lord's Prayer or just saying the Lord's Prayer versus actually praying it. It can... Corraling your mind and forcing it to think about the words, think about what you're saying. I Recently I was thinking about how, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, hallowed be thy name. All three of those have to do with the whole earth being converted and following God's will and doing God's will and having their hearts change. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this huge vision of the end of time. And we ask for that every day, that... There will be a time where every heart on earth is turned to God, yes. and His will is done on earth just as it is in heaven. I, I started to see the depths of what I'm saying every time those words just rattle off my tongue. Nice. There are great depths in the Lord's Prayer, and saying it three times a day can give you plenty to think about.
3: So, then, Frederica and Kath, what I hear in, in the conversation between you two, the, 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 um, the center point here is, um, perhaps for me, confidence that when I pray a rote prayer, I have confidence in the writer's style and ability to communicate and to pray before God. And if I had that confidence, then at some point, and like with you, Kath, you know, you would say an evangelical prayer of this free flowing thing, mm-hmm. then it gives me the confidence to, to to be able to do that, mm. you know, mm-hmm. to say okay, because Frederica, we had right. we had a friend who grew up in a Catholic tradition, and he had a position of power and was asked to pray in a group with other other people, and it came to his turn in this prayer circle, and he was like, pass. He had nothing. And so then over a period of time in being in that circle and having, you know, sort of settled down and having the confidence to see those around him, he was able to pray now from the heart. You know, but he grew up with the idea of rote prayers only and Kath grew up with the idea of Never just wrote prayers. exactly so somewhere in between it is the confidence in all those things to come before the God of the universe.
12: That's so true, and I think that we can look at the rote prayers as um, uh, if—it's certainly not required that you use them, but for those of us who do, they have the purpose of being like the steel structure of a building, that everything else that 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 building contains is relying on that structure, and by praying prayers that are ancient and beautiful and deep and that have been cherished by people of all cultures all over the world— they teach us how to pray they teach us how to have deeper prayers they Mm -hmm. teach us how to think about god but even if you're doing you know all the offices like a monk um you still got the majority of the day to talk to the god talk to god talk to the lord spontaneously right from your heart Um, these are not two different alternatives that you've got to do either spontaneous or a prayer the rote prayer Mm -hmm. gives you a skeleton to build on and really, the whole rest of the time, you should always be spontaneously talking to the Lord in your heart and bringing to him everything that's on your mind, Amen. everything you see. Um, those are not enemies. The, the rote prayer enables the spontaneous prayer.
3: So, Federica, as you came in, you talked about the Didache. It's a first century place to start. I mean, I love this. I, I want to go back and look at this online. If I just Googled in Didache, <laughs> D-I-D-A-C-H-E, I'm going to get some, some I already old did it. wisdom.
12: I already you did. Already it. said. It's fascinating. It's probably first century. It is. It seems to come from the same community as Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. There are a lot of similarities to Matthew. <clears throat> so it is uh, perhaps not um, Palestinian, but maybe uh, Syrian document, maybe 80 or 90 AD. So it's extremely early. And I I'd want to assure Christians that the. Um, the world tried to give us the idea that the early church had the bible and then nothing else and there are all these other lost gospels and gnostic things and all that actually there's a whole there's a whole bookshelf of books that were written by the early christians Hmm. they're completely orthodox they're they're completely christian um it's, but they aren't actually contained in the Bible. There are many other things you can read. It's like if you go to a Christian bookstore. There's a lot of Bibles, but there are other things too. There's memoirs and stories and biographies, and that the early church had all that as well. So it's a wonderful realm to explore. Mm-hmm. I think the Didache is a great place to start. Mm-hmm.
4: All right. That's Frederica Matthews Green. Uh, You can read her online. You can read her books. You can read her in the Washington Post. She's written in uh, Sojourners. She's written in the L.A. Times. She's written in Smithsonian. She's written all over the place. But we love her. And uh, she single-handedly has changed my opinion about rote prayers. Frederica, we love you. Thanks so much. Thank you.
13: or payroll taxes it's not too late your circumstances may qualify you for this special program protecting your savings and your assets if you owe the irs or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back there's no need to worry anymore Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family
7: responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. (sighs) Ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com
3: Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory. This is Mark
5: Helgerman of Trinity Jewelers. Like you, my family and I love uplifting music that honors and glorifies God. It's played a big part in our personal walk of faith. That's why I'm pleased to be a major sponsor of the music here on Word FM. Tune in for the best of today's Christian music. Saturdays from 12 to 10 and Sundays noon to 6. You can also register for our weekly Christian music CD giveaway. Just Stop by our store on Montanebo Road
9: during business hours. No purchase necessary. Hope to see you soon. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local, sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Foods. Log on now to WordFM.com. Keyword shopping.
4: Are you getting spam calls on your phone?
3: What are you kidding me? Like every 15 minutes. Is
4: that annoying? I thought the fact that we got cell phones and we kind of left our home phones behind, so that they could get all the spam calls. Now they've migrated. Yeah.
3: The, what about the do not call thing? Right? right. Did you do that number? Yeah.
4: Well, clearly that means nothing. No. That means absolutely nothing. I just ignore the phone calls. I saw this article uh, in the Wall Street Journal today that there are four smartphone apps that block spam calls. Oh. Yes. Yes. And I was very excited about it. Okay. Last year, uh, the F- and this is an article by Sarah Clemens. Last year, the FTC got more than seven million complaints, not just about spam calls, but about ripoff calls.
3: Oh, someone okay. trying to yell! Right, hey, come on.
4: Adding your number to the national Do Not Call registry is, as they say in the South, as useless as a screen door on a submarine. <laughs>
3: Okay, mm-hmm. all right.
4: Blocking numbers on your cell phone won't silence solicitors either. Huh. Since robocallers constantly cover their tracks, you'll have to do it again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, to block nuisance calls more effectively, turn to apps which use vast databases of bogus phone numbers and spam protection engines what? to better call out frauds. And they divert most, if not all, of those spammers to voicemail.
3: Do I have to pay for the, this app?
4: No. Nope. Well... The fir- uh let let's see, one of these is free. Okay. There are four that they list. One costs $2 a month. One costs six dollars a month. Oh no, come on, see. And the other is two forty nine a month. Now I get paid. To- well, they're saying that what you're paying for is the fact that these engines have to consistently try to themselves. right and to and to kind of reinvent their effectiveness. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. So, in case you're wondering, they're co- the simple solution is one. Yeah. That's the free one. The multitasker is the second recommended.
7: The word that changes the world. 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. The Trump administration is asking a court for more time to reunite families separated at the border.
8: A federal judge in San Diego set a July 10th deadline, that's next Tuesday, for the administration to reunite all parents with children under five, and a July 26th deadline to reunite everyone else. Ahead of a hearing this afternoon, the Justice Department filed papers seeking an extension of those deadlines. The administration says federal law requires it to ensure that children are safe, and that requires time. Critics of the administration's zero-tolerance policy say it was enacted with no plan for eventual reunification, and current efforts are plagued by a lack of coordination among the multiple agencies involved. Ben Thomas, Washington.
7: On Wall Street today, the Dow closed up nearly 100 points, while the Nasdaq closed up nearly 102 points. This is SRN News.
2: The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the
0: Pittsburgh area for 100 years. This is Mike Howard, General Sales Manager at Salem Media Pittsburgh. You've heard me recruit for salespeople for quite a while now, always looking for professionals who just have to be in the sales arena because they love the hunt for new business, have those antennas up, and just simply know how to get appointments. Well, I'm here to tell you that is still exactly what I am looking for, but not just to be in radio. Salem Media Pittsburgh truly is much more. So much so that all of our team's titles have changed to integrated marketing strategist. What that means is we now incorporate everything regarding digital marketing into our daily services, from web design to social media and reputation management, plus all things digital marketing, including retargeting, Facebook, SEO, and SEM, and much more. So if the sales skills I mentioned before apply to you, plus you have a knack or even experience in digital marketing sales, you definitely need to contact us. Would you do that, please? Log on to SalemMedia.com and click the careers link and
3: search Pittsburgh to apply. This is John Hall with some really cool news about my pillow. Mike Lindell and my pillow have set a world record for the largest pillow fight in history. It happened on May 18th as tens of thousands of people participated at Pulse Twin Cities, this big annual Christian music event in Minneapolis. The event was dedicated to giving hope to those who have been hurting or those who lost hope. Did you know that before finding faith and becoming a successful businessman, Mike was a former drug addict, but now he uses his story of success to drive others in a relationship with Jesus. You can check it out at my. MyPillow.com forward slash World Record Special. The event was a great success, and Mike wants everyone to share in the excitement. So, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the standard MyPillow for the lowest price ever. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 1-800-961-9207. Again, call 1-800-961-9207, or go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD.
8: Have you ever thought about trading? Do you think you might do a better job than your financial advisor? Well, at Apiary Fund, we train people just like you to create an income stream by trading online. With Apiary Fund, you'll be taught by a highly experienced trading team, including legendary trader Sean Lucas, who's formerly managed $2.5 trillion worth of investor funds. This training is worth thousands of dollars. But right now, you can get 100% free access to the entire training program for 30 days when you call 800 959 4526 and leave your email on our voicemail. We'll send you a link to our entire training library, your own simulated account, access to our peer community, and direct access to our experts. Just call 800 959 4526 to get 30 days of free access to this highly effective training. This could change your life. Call 800 959 4526 and leave your email at the voicemail to get free access now. Learn to trade online. Call 800 959
11: 4526. Clear skies for tonight. It'll be much cooler overnight, more comfortable with a low of 55 degrees. Tomorrow, plenty of sunshine, a beautiful start to the weekend, comfortably warm, high 77. Clear skies tomorrow night, low again 55. And for Sunday, will be remaining pleasant with bright sunshine, 82 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
1: Welcome to
2: another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your
3: hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Yeah, the heat wave has snapped. We're oh, it's gorgeous very, outside. Very, very, nice. Isn't it? Feels it feels good. It is.
4: I, I, I'm going to go home and grill something. Are you? Yeah, yeah I'm going to. I'm going
3: to go home and turn on the fake air conditioning.
4: Are you? That's no,
3: Because we don't need it.
4: No, you don't need it. Why do you Could need be. air conditioning on a day like today? That's what I said.
3: <laughs> Wait, though. It's coming back.
4: What? The heat wave? Yeah. How do you know?
3: I looked at the fifteen-day forecast.
4: Is that true? Oh yeah,
3: yeah. It's it's only the first week of July. I never look at a long-term forecast. You You know why? Because
4: I don't. I don't want to know. I can't change it. So what the heck do I need to know about it? I always sort
3: of live in fear of it. I do. That's healthy. So I roll. I'm just (laughs) telling you.
4: Okay. Well, in light of that, um, I feel good about being the first person to tell you. Tell me what. Your weekend has begun.
3: Oh yes. Five (laughs) minutes past the five o'clock hour. Truly, all is right and well in the world.
4: When I look back in the last year of working here at Word FM, I, I think there are a few highlights. Um, I know that New Mike will agree with me that one sticks out in particular, and um, that's – let's just call it
3: the nap.
6: Oh, yeah. Oh, what
3: are you, <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, here we go. You're bringing this. No, I'm bringing it up. It's the video,
6: John. <laughs> it is not. In, that in is the
13: office.
3: That is not me. Yeah,
13: it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is not me. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so i minded, stop
4: that. I minding my own business yeah. in my office one day. <laughs> How long do you think that was? Four months ago? Something like that, yeah, Mike? something like that, yeah. Mike comes in. New Mike comes in and says, It's rough. Cap. You two are rough. Wait. He says, Cap, come here. So I wonder why we're whispering. So I go out in the hall and, I, and he points into John's office. John is sitting at his office chair. Mm-hmm. With this computer on, his notebook open, all the assorted books that he's working on. He's got Comment Magazine. He's got Pittsburgh Catholic. Oh, he's, he he's got everything. He's,
3: he's got. I'm always working hard.
4: He's every. It's everything a laid shocker. out. Except
3: that he's also sleeping. <laughs> that is not me. Yes, it is. That's unfair. <laughs> that's the video. So then, new
4: Mike did. New Mike did the only thing that's appropriate to do, which is start videotaping it.
3: Which is really wrong. That is wrong. It's really wrong.
4: Anyway, now, I will say the nap was short in duration. It's a power nap. Yeah, Yeah, it was short in duration. How long was
3: it? Ten minutes.
14: Uh,
3: Ten minutes. It might have even been less than that. Probably so. It might have been less than that. I mean, don't you... There are times when... uh, I don't know about you guys, but there are times oh, where I just sure. go. I, I am just exhausted. Yeah. I need a, just a few yeah. minutes to close my eyes. Is, that's Spain, all. is
4: Spain still observing the siesta?
3: I think that they've changed. Oh, see, that's They're a shame.
4: That. That's a shame because I keep wanting to vacation there so that I can experience. it. I don't
3: need a lot of time.
4: Anyway, well, listen to this. You're going to be very, very happy with the article that I read this morning in the Chito- Chicago Tribune. John, okay. Okay. okay,
3: you ready? Wait, Mike, your day's coming. <laughs>
4: Chicago Tribune says this sleeping on the job has long been frowned upon, but office napping may finally be climbing out from under the desk. Oh, there we
3: go. That's right.
4: Cutting edge. Okay. A small but growing number of businesses are encouraging sleep deprived employees to grab 40 winks during the workday. Hallelujah. Okay. You're going to love, you're going to wish that this was the case right now at the station providing rooms or, in some cases, high-tech napping pods to get the job done right. Benefits include a more productive workforce and, hopefully, the end to stealth sales meeting
12: snoozes. (laughs)
4: Hmm. A third of U.S. adults are not getting the recommended seven hours of sleep per night, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, contributing to a range of problems, John, yep. Mike, including health issues and mistakes at work. And apparently this sleep deprivation is costing our country $411 billion in annual economic losses. Wow. Comes up I just, with that I mean, number. Where could you, how could you possibly billion. calculate John, you're that?
3: you're
6: a part of that number. Don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cutting-edge
4: <laughs> cutting businesses like Google… Uh, which has a, a thriving office right here in the city of Pittsburgh, mm. have been providing napping spaces for employees for about a decade. But it remains a vaguely guilty endeavor in many workplaces and a fireable offense in others. I mean, thank goodness that's fireable. not the case here, Jeez. right? In some corporate cultures, being sleep-deprived is a source of pride really I'm sure if you're working oh, in a, if you're if you're working as a stockbroker or something the more sleepy you are the harder you're working right just
3: by you guys talking about this I'm ready for a nap <laughs> yeah. oh, holy yeah. smokes mm-hmm.
4: anyway East Lake mm-hmm. Studio which is a Chicago architecture and interior design firm um, says that they're seeing increased demand for designated quiet spaces from their clients where napping is a contemplated use these companies are looking for places where people can go to get
3: re-energized Good look uh, uh, as long as you don't abuse it it's fine 10 or 15 minutes or even a half an hour or so
6: see if they had that here i couldn't do that why once, once i take a nap once i'm out i'm out and then if somebody wakes me up
3: you're all cranky i'm
6: all like i'm all delusional and really? cranky i can't focus i'm just like
3: dro- like groggy i can't do that well you shake it off and go back to work mike here's my problem that. takes
4: me a while hmm. is a nap for me 90 minutes. 90 oh, minutes. Wow. 90 minutes. That's a good, nap. That's a, that's good nap. A nap. that's a good nap. Okay. I'm, and not that I, I do. I take a nap every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Every other day, obviously, I don't have a chance to take a nap. But when I take a nap. That's a good nap. If it's, yeah. To me, if it's less than 90, that's not a nap. Yeah. Okay. This kind of cat nap thing or that mm. thing you did a couple of weeks ago with the 10-minute, like to me, that's not worth the trouble of closing no, no. my eyes. Mm-hmm.
3: I never told you guys this, but uh, years ago, uh, there, there used to be a little back studio here. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was tired, and I thought, well, I'm just going to go lay down in the back studio. So I did. I literally went to the back studio and laid down on the floor, and I was out.
1: Oh, my gosh.
3: I was out cold. Yeah. All of a sudden, someone's like, you know, foot is against me, and I woke up. It was one of the guys here in the st- and a client, and they're looking at me like, excuse me, we have to record in here. I was the like, <laughs> sudden, I was like the homeless guy in Studio C.
4: I never heard the story before. Yeah, it wasn't hilarious. good. How long ago was this? I don't
3: know. Ten 10- I don't know, 10 or 12 years or so. Wow. You just got to sleep, you got to sleep. That's how it was.
4: Yeah, were you working nights here at the time?
3: No, it was the middle of the day. <laughs> I don't do it all the time. He just, you know, it catches up with you. Just a hard worker. That's all, all right, it. office napping. Thanks, Look, Mike. there's hope for your Stop future. Stop that, Mike. <laughs> That's just wrong. Let me play some pretty music around that. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, the. <laughs> is wrong (laughs) 101.5
7: word coming up on love worth finding
9: want to take your spiritual life to the next level listen to adrian rogers
5: now we want you as a believer in jesus christ to learn some factors of faithfulness that will help you to stand strong to be a good christian at home and to be a solid citizen in this world
9: Learn Factors of Faithfulness this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD.
0: This is Mike Howard for Word FM, here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's
3: 412-937-1500.
7: Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online at idawild.com.
2: International Bible Teacher, Dr. Michael Yusuf. On that great day, we're all going to be united together. On that
0: great event, we will all join in this momentous occasion. On that day, we will be united together without the possibility
2: of separation
1: ever again. Of that moment, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, he said, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but will all be changed in a flash,
0: in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Amen.
2: I hope you were challenged by Dr. Yusuf's thoughts today. Want to hear more? Join us each day for Leading the Way with
3: Dr. Michael Youssef. You know, it's been so hot (laughs) recently, and uh, just uh, two nights ago I said to my kids, it was like 10 o'clock at night, I was like, you guys want some ice cream? And they were like, oh, please, let's go get some ice cream. And so we ran out to the store. I just went up to Giant Eagle and bought, you know, a couple of half gallons of ice cream. Mm-hmm. It made a difference. It, it changed our mood. It, it lifted didn't necessarily, your spirits. It did. It didn't necessarily cool us off, maybe for a few minutes or so, but we felt a lot better. So Marsha's with us from the Spring House. In the Spring House, Marsha, we know the Spring House has many wonderful things, which include ice cream. Yes?
15: Yes. And it's National Ice Cream Month. Did you know that?
3: I did not know that.
15: What? Yes, it's National Ice Cream Month, July, the whole month. That I means you have to eat it every day, I think. Oh, yes. That's fine.
4: <laughs> Fantastic.
15: Yeah, okay. so we have, we're going to do something special on, as our special, each week for the month of. Uh, July for National Ice Cream Month. And right now it's um, Old Fashioned Strawberry Shortcake which is shortcake vanilla ice cream Mm. shortcake loaded with those real juicy strawberries and real whipped cream. Oh, that's nice. Oh my gosh, that's heavenly. That sure is. Does it sound good? Mm. Sounds fabulous.
3: (laughs) Mm. We'll come down after the show. I should have
15: brought you some today, shouldn't I have?
4: Yes, the answer is yes.
3: Bring that up, but Yeah, the
4: answer is yes. Okay, now Marsha, people (laughs) who are interested in your ice cream should also know that Springhouse being a dairy farm, I mean the milk is from the cows that you guys already know and love.
15: That's right. The cows right outside the springhouse windows, well, those are the heifers that are growing up to be cows. So in another year, they'll be part of the herd. And so the milk that came out of the cows this morning, which is Friday morning, was pasteurized and homogenized today. Wow. So when you get your milk now, it is from it was in the cows this morning.
3: Outstanding. Okay, Marcia, people want to come down and take a nice drive in the country this weekend. What's going on at the springhouse?
15: Okay, so it's a nice, peaceful weekend before we get all crazy with our car crews on the 22nd. So a nice, peaceful weekend. We're having a great menu, <laughs> ribs and baked chicken and hot roast beef. Then on Sunday, we're having chicken and gravy over biscuits, chicken Romano, liver, barbecue chicken, all kinds of good stuff. So this is a great time to come on out and visit us, get something to eat, and, of course, have a strawberry shortcake.
3: Fabulous. Okay, the Spring House. Make it uh, your mission this weekend to take a drive into the country and check out Marsha at the Spring House. When it comes to parenting, there's no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent.
8: Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit
9: AdoptUSKids.org.
3: Of course, divorce is hard, no doubt about it. If you know anyone who's been divorced, if you yourself has been divorced, it is a dark and perilous journey. And oftentimes uh, the church gets skittish about it or um, doesn't want to talk about it or turns their back about it, so we're happy to welcome to the Word FM Airwaves uh, someone brand new to our show, Bailey Susio, is with us. She wrote a piece of Christianity Today called, How to Help a Friend Through a Dying Marriage. Bailey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oops, sorry. That's my bad. Hey, Bailey, are you there? Yes.
16: Hi, John. How are you?
3: Good. Well, I'm better now. I just forgot to press the button to bring you up, but you're <laughs> alive on the air. <laughs> awesome.
16: Good Bailey, here.
4: Bailey, we're glad you're here, and I want you to start out by talking about your friend uh, who came to you because she found out that her husband had been unfaithful.
16: Yeah, it was a incredibly heartbreaking situation. Um, both my husband and I were very close with her and her husband, and she, me with some Concerning text messages she'd gotten from another woman and um, we discovered that her husband had been unfaithful since they were engaged. Oh, gosh. It was devastating.
4: Okay. And- so she came to you and for the first time ever, you said, I think that this is, I think this person should get a
16: divorce. Yeah, it's something I never anticipated counseling a friend. Um, but it was just so broken and so obvious that that just could not be repaired. He was not repentant; was not willing to repair his marriage. And obviously, you know, Jesus says in Matthew that those are the cases where God realizes this covenant is so broken that.
4: Mm-hmm.
16: Oh, Bailey, are you there? I am.
4: Okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so, as you walked through that with your friend. Uh, it opened your eyes also, you say, to the way that her church handled the situation between she and her husband. Now, she decided to be the one to leave the church and leave her husband to continue in his community there.
16: She did. It was a very hard decision. Um, we were. She was moving. That was part of the reason she left the church. But it was more than that. It became very obvious that the church thought she should stay with her husband, even though he was not repentant and was not willing to fix their marriage, that it, she should try harder or pray more or just, you know, that it was wrong or sinful of her to leave, mm-hmm. even though the Scripture makes it very clear that that is not actually the case.
3: Right. I mean, you know, in the church, of course, and you talk about this, the church is committed to people having, you know, stay strong in their marriages. Mm-hmm. But when which, is a good,
4: which is a good thing, an important thing.
3: Exactly. Because you don't want to – And despite the uh, – which I believe is the false narrative of the numbers, of the percentage of divorces in the church as opposed to the secular world, the church supports marriage and wants people to stay married for as long as possible until death do us part. But when that happens, when divorce does fall upon couples – there's always gossip. There's always finger pointing. There's always the wagging of the tongue, which is destructive, of course, to especially to your friend as she went through this, to the people going through this process. Instead of people coming around and offering support and love and compassion and empathy, there's the opposite often.
16: Right. It was heartbreaking because not only did she have to deal with the heartbreak of her husband being unfaithful and leaving her, I mean, Here was this man who had vowed to protect her and love her till best do them part. And he left her, he broke her heart, and then the church wounded her again by not Mm. responding with love, by not extending the love of God. And when you have your earthly husband betray you, you know, Christ talks about how he is the bride of the church, and it just left her feeling very unworthy of even God's love. And for the church to respond that way, it was
12: just a double wound.
4: Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely tragic. So, there's a a woman who's trying to work through all of her own personal grief as she loses her marriage, and then she's got a church community that's treating her like she's the bad guy here and how could she choose to be that disobedient to God.
16: Right. Yes, that's it was heartbreaking. They were I mean, there were of course some people who came alongside her and were supportive. But there were so many people and so much gossip about, well, what if she had, well, did she really try as hard as she could have? Mm-hmm. Maybe she should have. And, you know, she didn't want to tell every single person she encountered exactly what had happened with her husband. She wanted him to have a fair shot at recovery and repentance, should that come one day. And she told their pastor, she had a conversation with, you know, key people in their Bible study. But, so many people who were way outside the situation were not close, not understand what was happening, jumped to judgment instead of love. Instead of assuming good intentions, they assumed that she was in the wrong. Mm.
4: And here's the thing: I'm sure she doesn't want to give all the de- like step through all the details, no. so that she can right. you know tell them the intimacies of the situation.
16: Right. No one wants to do that. No one wants to tell you know people. I mean, while we have some church friends who are close, there are other members of our church who. Are just passing acquaintances, and you don't want to tell them that your husband has, you know, an affair with so many women or so many times or whatever. And if you have children, her and I talked during that time, what would she have said if she had had children? What would Mm -hmm. she have told them? What would she have told her community and how much harder it would have been to tell anyone had she had children to try to protect them?
4: So, okay, so... so, do you have what's the end of the story? I mean, can you tell us what the end is? Did she find a church community that was healing for her? Is she still in a situation of resentment? What happened to the husband? How did the church handle, you know, their his relationship with them?
16: Um, I'm not quite sure what the church ended up doing with her husband. I believe he also ended up leaving the church um, and going to a different church for a time. She has found a church community that she really loves. She's passionate about how God can heal everything and everyone's situation and that that was the, what the Lord called her to do for that time. She knew that that was the end of her marriage. She prays that one day God will restore her, hus- her ex-husband. She prays regularly for him and for his restoration. She hopes that other women realize that their identity is in so much more than just their marriage and how a man treats them is not how God treats them. She's been able to find that healing and realize that despite what the church may have done, that God still does love her and see her as worthy of his love and grace, um, which has been very healing for her.
3: The problem for me is, you know, and of course, anybody who attends, who's part of a church, this happens, right, from time to time. And so one person stays, you know, and stays at the church and the other person leaves the church Mm and you miss them. You miss the couple together, and it's mm-hmm. awkward and kind of weird. And and then you see the uh, you know the partner who leaves the church, whether it's around town or an event or something, and you go, "I mean, I've gone. Hey, I'm, you know, I, I miss you guys. Uh, I wish there was right. a better solution to this. You know that you know that Well,
4: certainly a better solution is to not gossip about it, to not gossip, yeah. and not to assume the worst about everybody, and not to pile on with your own personal judgment. Someone who's already
3: decided, already been through a divorce that. Clearly, was painful. I guess you know the big thing is whenever that happens, there's always that you know, not that you're going to gossip, but you just kind of go, oh, it's it's different. It's they're gone, and and so there's all this mystery around you know what's what's happened.
4: Yeah, but that's none of our business. What happened? I I know that, but
3: I I know it's not. But at the same time, it's it's awkward. It's weird. It is weird. So you know you can't really you know stand in front of the church and say, okay, now we're going to talk about you know Tim and Tina's divorce. Right. Right. But at the same time, you kind of go well, what's going on? But I I don't know. There's no perfect solution here. It's just weird.
16: It was very interesting. After I wrote this article, I heard from a woman who had been in a similar situation. And she said that when they approached their pastor and told him what happened, the pastor and elders came to her home and talked with her and her husband and said that he needed to find a different place to worship while she recovered. Hmm. If he was committed to healing, which I thought that was so wonderful that the pastor took the initiative to say, no, she is welcome here. And hmm. if you're not in repentance, then you need to go somewhere else, not her, because this is her church.
4: Wow. Yeah, that's that powerful.
16: pastor defending his flock was
4: so powerful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. So your perspective as the friend. um, i mean if if she's in a position now where she's experienced a, a it seems like a significant level of healing, you had to have been a part of that simply because you walked with her through it
16: yeah, I yeah, think really prayed a lot during that time and asked the Holy Spirit to work
13: with me mm-hmm.
16: um in the immediate aftermath of the divorce. She actually lived with me and my husband for about a month um she after she left her husband because she didn't have any family in the area, and we just really loved on her and prayed with her and for her and tried to plug her in in her new community with people who had come alongside her and support her mm-hmm.
3: good mm-hmm. good well bailey you're a good friend yeah. Yeah, and we appreciate the uh the thoughts in the article how to help a friend through a dying marriage uh bailey's uh, Susie has been with us you can find information about bailey she's got a terrific blog and she uh, blogs uh, on a regular basis so bailey thanks an awful lot
16: thank you
8: 705
14: That's 800-705-3030. 800-705-3030. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states.
5: I'm Pastor Bill Brian of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus teaches us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This is quite the statement of our Lord. No man can come to God, no man can enter into heaven where God is, but by Jesus alone. Why would Christ say that? Because he is the way. There is no other way to the eternal bliss in heaven other than Jesus Christ. We cannot reach heaven by means of our good works, or by merely going through all the outward ceremonies and customs of the church. We cannot reach heaven by means of another religion. Jesus is the only way to heaven. No man comes to the Father but by me. We need to consider why Jesus would say this. To learn more about our church, look us up at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6778. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ.
9: Graduation is an exciting time in life, but it can also leave you feeling a little uncertain about what's next. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is, Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app, and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412- 494-2000.
4: Just Pay Half Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh's original deal site. Go to JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com to save money now on Pittsburgh restaurants, events, and family fun activities. Just Pay Half has over 100 Pittsburgh restaurants offering half-price deals. Have delicious Italian catering from Roma Restaurant at your next event for half-off. Take the kids to Statler's Fun Center in Greensburg or Laser Storm in the North Hills for half-price. Get dinner and a movie at Latrobe 30 Theater and Cafe for only $11. Get all this and more at Just JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com
11: Clear skies for tonight. It'll be much cooler overnight, more comfortable with a low of 55 degrees. Tomorrow, plenty of sunshine, a beautiful start to the weekend, comfortably warm high 77. Clear skies tomorrow night, low again 55, and for Sunday we'll be remaining pleasant with bright sunshine 82 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
3: Hold on a sec. you see Mike in there?
4: Yeah, I see Mike in there.
3: See, wearing that snappy outfit.
4: Oh, it looks like he's going to a Jimmy Buffett concert.
3: Know where he's going? I where's, ask him. Where is he going? Mike. He's doing a little boating this evening. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's his boating outfit. I
4: can't believe he didn't clear this with us. <laughs> I'm sailing away.
3: Uh, you, Come sail away, Christopher L- Cross,
4: lads. No, that sticks, lads. No, Christopher
3: Cross, sailing. sailing. Take me away to yeah. where
4: I'm going. Do 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 do. You don't want to hear it's me. A sing dumb that song. song. <laughs> it's a dumb dumb song. I like that song. Like, what uh, are like going, who are you going boating with?
6: You know, we go to moraine and then you know you can rent a pontoon boat. Listen
4: to him. You know how we go to moraine. Oh, you do. Yeah, yeah.
3: What's a pontoon boat? What's,
4: yeah, what, what's a pontoon a boat? Yeah, what's that? It's a boat on two pontoons, long yeah. silver pontoons. You do that in moraine. Yeah,
6: we almost. Last time we uh, rented one, we almost sunk the
3: pontoon mm-hmm. boat. Who's, Who's we? <laughs> uh, we sound like your parents. <laughs> we can't really
14: say.
3: Now, Who's uh, we? My friends Who's from
6: church. My friends from church. We we usually ha we usually rent a pontoon boat every summer. Oh, it's a little uh little tradition that
3: we have going on. Very nice. Okay. That's nice. So, so for the weekend,
6: just for the, you know the day for
4: like four to
6: six hours or oh. whatever.
4: So you're doing that tonight? Yeah. Nice. Why not?
3: He's got, his little, he's got this little toucan shirt on there. I
4: mean, holy smokes. Yeah,
3: look at us. We're like, we're like schmoes. I, I got nothing. He's got air conditioning and a pontoon boat. <laughs> did we,
4: where did we, <laughs> we go wrong? Nothing.
3: We got nothing.
4: We got absolutely nothing. <laughs> All right. All uh, right. Wall Street Journal today talks about Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, she could be the president's nominee for the Supreme Court.
3: Announced when? Uh,
4: it'll be announced Monday evening. That's for sure. Monday evening for it's sure. Like there's a date. He's, he said he's going to decide on Sunday. The president will, said that. Yeah. And uh, he'll announce it on Monday evening primetime.
3: Primetime? Yeah. What?
4: Yes. What's that? They, yes. What, they,
3: this is something new? Wait.
4: Like, we had a primetime thing when LeBron decided to leave Cleveland before. I mean, we're certainly having a primetime prime prime thing for the time? Supreme Court. We are not primetime. Last year, the president nominated uh, Amy Coney Barrett for a seat on the 7th U.S. Circuit of <laughs> – Hello.
3: <laughs> We're live on the air with Kathy. On the
4: 7th U.S. Circuit Court Excellent. of Appeals. Yes. Um, this is uh, where Diane Feinstein, the oh. uh, famous senator, came up and said that the dog, she said, quote unquote, clearly the dogma. Lives loudly within you,
12: Mm -hmm. which was her veiled attempt Mm -hmm.
4: to say you're so Catholic. Yeah, the dogma that just freaks me out. Anyway, uh, multiple people from different sides of the aisle said that is way there should uh, the Constitution clearly prohibits a religious test for leadership. I don't know if Dianne Feinstein ever even commented after she made those initial uh, questions to the uh, nominee at that point. But, of course, those are um, re-engaging in the uh, American consciousness because she could be President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court. Now, be surprising. Richard Painter, who's a law professor and also a Democratic U.S. Senate candidate in Minnesota, uh, tweeted this week. She said this um, – the People of Praise, which is a private Christian group that Amy Coney Barrett apparently belongs to. What does to, that mean,
3: private Christian group? It's just
4: a group. It's like – You would be invited? It's private? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. This is what he says. A religious group in which members take a, an oath of loyalty to each other and are supervised by a male head or female handmaiden what? looks like a cult. Wait, wait, okay? wait, wait. That's what he tweeted. Okay, so – the writer of this article says, okay, let's look at exactly what the heck it is he's people talking about. What is this people of praise? Okay. Okay. It's easy to make people of praise sound terrifying, says Adam O'Neill in today's Wall Street Journal. Isn't there a TV show? It's very, doing very well right now about handmaidens, the handmaidens right? Yeah, yeah, I sure. think so. Okay. Margaret and do we really want a cultist on the Supreme Court? And clearly, the answer to all these is no, we don't want that. And yes, a, a cult sounds terrifying. People of praise, though, is not a cult. It was founded in 1971 as part of the Charismatic Renewal in the American Catholic Church. Huh. The group has about 1,800 adult members. Um, there are about 350 of them in South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is and where Ms. Barrett taught law. It is, though – I shouldn't have said it's a Catholic group because it's a Christian group that is ecumenical. The only requirements being Christian baptism and acceptance of the Nicene Creed. But about 90% of the members are Catholic. Okay, A few of them are priests. In 2014, Pope Francis appointed one of them a bishop. Hmm. Okay, So this is not some kind of fringe group. Um, They live ordinary Christian lives. They attend church on Sunday morning. They meet together in the afternoon and during the week. Some are neighbors. Some live together. Some members provide one another spiritual and practical support. They carry out service projects together. They've started a couple Christian schools. Um, Now, that sounds like my church. Does that sound like your church? Yeah. Okay, it doesn't sound like anything wacky.
3: But what, what about the guy saying overseeing by a guy and a handmaid? What, okay, what is that? hold on
4: for a minute. O. Carter Sneed is a Notre Dame law professor who is not a member of the church, but he works with Ms. Barrett. This is what he says, because obviously if 350 members are living in the community right outside the yeah. university, it's something that people know about. Dr. Sneed said, through my interactions over the years, I found that these are lovely, earnest people who want to build an intentional community for the purpose of loving and serving others. They remind me of Catholic groups like the Knights of Columbus or communion and liberation. All right. Okay. Now, the controversy stems from misunderstandings, perhaps intentional ones. After a lengthy period of discernment, members can choose to remain in the community permanently. This is not a loyalty oath, but a promise that they make, an actual promise they make to care for each other. Okay. Members are accountable to an advisor called, quote, a woman leader, if you're a woman, or for men, it's called a head. These leaders offer personal advice on how to lead a more fruitful Christian life. The group once used the term handmaiden, a reference to Mary's description of herself as a handmaid of the Lord, Mm -hmm. but the name was changed when Mm -hmm. they just said that they thought that that sounded weird. That sounded cultish. All right. Um, The people of praise have a current leader. Craig Lent, who is an electrical engineering professor at Notre Dame, so he's not like some fringe cult leader, it seems like, Uh, he chuckled when asked whether Amy Barrett's husband or another member of the group could steer her judicial decisions. He said, quote, "Uh, we're quite about personal freedom. The only person you can control is yourself. We have liberals and conservatives and pacifists and people in the military. Hmm. A people of praise judge might seek advice on how to be more patient with an annoying colleague. But she would not consult on judicial okay, decisions. Okay,
3: sounds sounds fine to me. Right, right.
4: Um, now she also, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, when she was um, questioned vetted. last time, vetted for the circuit court position, um, she said that judges cannot, nor should they try to, align our legal system with the church's moral teaching whenever the two diverge. So she made that clear and she reiterated that belief during
3: that confirmation the- hearing last year. So she's not going to be the Supreme Court pastor.
4: No, she's not going to be the Supreme Court pastor. Now, the person who wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal, Adam O'Neill, finishes by saying this. People of praise isn't for everyone. I prefer donuts after mass. But- Millions of Christians around the world find their faith enriched by joining organizations like it, and that shouldn't preclude them from participating in public life. The U.S. does best when considering judicial nominees on the basis of their philosophy, intellect, and character. Rejecting Judge Barrett because of how she practices her religion would be an insult to millions of Americans, as well as being a dangerous precedent
3: okay i'm into that
4: excellent article i recommend it adam o'neill in today's wall street well thank you for that
3: clarity okay i'm excited by this monday we'll see what the uh, unveiling process will be yes she's in the top five all right okay uh we're gonna take a break and come back
4: we're gonna talk about brendan urie top trending story on twitter right now he's come out as a pansexual
3: what is pansexual
7: One hundred one point five W O R D
3: playing Pittsburgh's favorite
9: Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New, new, music. new music from Brent Collective, counting every blessing. I am
1: counting every blessing. Counting every blessing.
9: Danny Goki, and if you, if you ain't in it, and even then, by Micah Tyler.
8: The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend.
0: This is Mike Howard for Word FM. Here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500.
2: Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120.
1: When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number one blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Thomastown. Visit Thomas and friends at their new Kennywood home, coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com. It's a struggle doing life alone, so why not
0: join us at Impact Christian Church? Impact is a group of imperfect people seeking to let God love us and love others through us. Your kids will love our high-energy ministries geared to their needs. Our upbeat, positive services and practical teaching will encourage and help you, and you'll find true significance as you join us in striving to make a difference in the lives of others. For more information, visit us at impactpittsburgh.com.
4: That's the voice of Brendan Urie, who smokes. is the lead man on uh, Panic at the Disco, age 31. Tremendous talent. That's big. Amazing talent. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love Panic at the Disco. Um, I don't like his solo stuff quite as much. Of course, now Panic at the Disco is really only him. It's like he plays every... one of those... I hate that. It's like, like Moby. He, he played, yeah, he plays every instrument and then it turns into Panic at the Disco. Anyway, his voice is just holy smoke unique. Um and I've really enjoyed his music over the years. Anyway, uh we're talking about him because he's the number one issue trending on Twitter right now. Um the Panic at the Disco frontman opened up about who he is. I'm reading a USA Today article by Sarah Moniazco. And uh, he says, yeah, I guess you could qualify me as pansexual because I really don't care. He said, if a person is great, then a person is great. I just like good people. If your heart's in the right place, I'm definitely attracted to men. It's just people that I'm attracted to. Now, he's been married to his wife, Sarah, for five years. And he says, I'm married to a woman and I'm very much in love with her, but I'm not opposed to a man because to me, I like a person. He also said it was, quote, never weird for him to come to terms with his sexuality as a young man. Quote, I know it's made a few people uncomfortable when someone gets uncomfortable about me doing what I used to call stage gay. It kind of presses me, he said, to want to do it more just because people are uncomfortable. Now, Brendan Urie is uh, starring on Broadway right now. Uh, I think he's still starring in Kinky Boots. Uh, He's been on, I don't know, he's been on stage there in the starring role for maybe six months, nine months, something like that.
3: Governor Almod as well
4: um so anyway so that's the story so sure. it, it prompted the three of us mike and john and i to sit around and say wait a minute what what the heck is, what's a pansexual
3: what does that mean it sounds whenever i heard what you know what his comment is it that just sounds, sounds like
4: bisexual
3: No, right. it's, well, not but he's really. married
4: he's married to a woman who he says is he is in love with
3: i mean but nowhere in the comments does he say he's having s- sexual relations that's, with anybody that's right you're right he's just saying he likes people he likes people that's what he's saying and i like people i like people too. mike do
4: you like
6: people Apparently we're pansexuals. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay, so I had to look for the definition of what cuz now there's all these I different yeah. categories right. and subcategories within the category of well, now sexuality.
6: It's, now it's LGBTQIAp and K. Yeah. A lot. Of, <laughs> that's a lot, that's lot. a lot going on there. I,
3: Okay, let A me. bit confusing. So let me read the definition of pansexuality. Pansexuality falls under the bisexuality umbrella. Which is
4: what I thought this was.
3: But it goes beyond being attracted to both men and women, according to sexologist Dr. Carlin Costa. Pansexuality is the sexual, romantic, emotional, physical, or spiritual attraction to people, regardless of their specific gender identity or sexual expression.
4: Does that just mean that you see people and like them?
3: Pansexuality is about recognizing that as a people, we have evolved. Thus, the language of love and relationship has also had to evolve and become increasingly inclusive. In other words, pansexuality means that you believe that gender is a social construct and the way in which we move through the sexuality spectrum is a fluid experience. The main distinction between pansexuality and bisexuality is that pansexuality rejects the gender binary to begin with. Though bisexuality individuals may feel this way too, pansexuality people often express that they may be attracted to queer gender people, gender nonconforming individuals, trans people as well as cisgender men and women.
4: Okay, that's what? just First of all, I can't that's also keep up. a lot. Okay, let me go back to this USA Today article. Where Brendan Yuri says I guess you could qualify me as pansexual because I really don't care. If a person is great, then a person is great. I just like good people if your heart's in the right place. Now He's just saying he likes why people. does that have anything to do with se- why it doesn't. It that that does that to me has nothing to do with sexuality. It has to do with being a person. Right. And liking to be with people who are different than you.
3: There's nowhere in that in that statement by that man where he's saying I'm having sexual relations with right. all these people.
4: Right. In fact, he's been married five years to his wife Sarah. So, I guess what society
3: does this- quick to put this uh, this article together and label him something. Yeah, and- this is a
4: big deal. This is the number one issue trending on Twitter right yeah. now. So, how is it that some guy who appreciates people and appreciates people who are different than him? Somehow, now we have to label this in some kind of sexual term, right? Uh, uh, yeah. It has to be classified in terms of sexuality. I think that's the, to me, I think that's the mistake. Why does that have to right. be classified as anything sexually?
3: Well, this gender binary, uh, uh, this this whole I don't get twist I don't and get turning I, of I think, these things.
4: I I think that trying to, like all the letters we're talking about, I think that it's causing us to look at everyone and everything in sexual terms which is a gigantic error i, think I really I think on. it's that is error. spot on I do
3: yeah and, i mean yeah. people
4: are people
3: right but now we've evolved into like look at what they're saying we've evolved we as humans have evolved what what, in this short amount of time now where everything is micromanaged sexually?
4: Right. And I think what they're saying is that they reject the binary, which makes them more open-minded. And I feel like it's actually doing the reverse. You're backing into I this. think trying to label everything with a letter is causing people to to become in smaller groups of classification. Of I course. think it's actually achieving the opposite result.
3: So when you meet someone, you know, like when if you're 20 something and you go out socially and you have to identify so where are you on the LGBTQAIQBLC right. spectrum?
4: Right. Why do I I, I don't understand what does why that mean? I why putting myself in a particular class is in any way important? I don't know. I think it's a matter of identity is that is that if you I think it's people looking for identity in terms of sex
3: or community. That's a community. Yeah, the but LGBTQ it, okay, but if that's, community. Okay.
4: But no. but I think the separation isn't that putting people into smaller communities which I thought was what we weren't going for. I thought we were looking for open-mindedness and toleration. So why are we why are we so intent on labeling ourselves right. so, and other people as any as something?
3: So, you're, so inclusive inclusivity, right, is a catchword that we're all now, right, made to genuflect to. Mm-hmm, right. But at the same time. Within that inclusivity, LGBTQ... Isn't that abo-
4: excluding people because they're not, they're not that thing, they're this thing, and I'm not that thing, I'm this thing, and so I have to reclassify myself if I like change my perspective? Or Okay, so what about this? How, now listen, this is what women do all the time. Women dress for other women. Okay, this is, this is a common mean? thing. So if, if someone wears a new dress to work, another woman will say, you look great in that dress. Okay. And you say, thank you so much. Because women want other women to think that they are dressing well or look beautiful yeah, or yeah. look at this is just, that. this is who we are, right? This is when you look at the People Magazine issue that comes out the day after the Academy Awards. 95% of the people that are going to read that are women because women want to look at what the women wore to the Academy Awards. Really, nobody cares what. You know, Tux Tom Hanks wore. Nobody cares about they all that. Look the same. But everyone wants to look at all the women's dresses. So women yeah. are women are going to look. Does that mean that if a woman looks at a woman, oh, wait a minute, that sends up a red flag and I have to classify myself as a particular gender? I think that's just people being people.
3: Yeah. Okay. Somebody called. A listener called and maybe is going to provide some clarity. All right. I'm ready. Hey, Dan, you're live on the air with Kath and myself. How are you doing today?
14: Good. How are you guys doing? I'm Good. John Hennings, friend. Yeah. He it, it, you, you said you. I've been on the air before with okay. you, Dan. Um, yeah, I was just listening. I don't know this gentleman. I've never heard of him. I've heard of Panic at the Disco, but I think, Kathy, you were, you were making a comment, John, that he just likes people. But I believe the reason that he's using the term pansexual is that he means that if he were not in a monogamous relationship with his wife, that he would not be opposed or averse to having a sexual relationship with somebody who is anything, they could be bisexual, heterosexual, transgendered, queer, transvestite. It wouldn't matter to him. And I, I, I said, I told young Mike, uh, the little community that I lived in up in Indiana County. My daughter just graduated. She's my third child. She's going to Pitt next year. But she has, she has a, a person in her graduating class, and that 41 kids that's pansexual, self-identified as pansexual. She has a bi, a couple bisexual people. Mm-hmm. She has a young, she has a friend who was heterosexual in seventh and eighth grade, identified as bisexual in ninth and tenth grade, and now and, and then um, as, uh, or, I'm sorry, the lesbian in ninth and tenth grade, and is bisexual in eleventh and twelfth grade. So that's what they mean by gender fluidity. Right. It can just change. And I, I, I'm not an expert on this, but I have a 22 year old son who's a computer science and philosophy double major at the University of Pittsburgh. So he's had to, to deal with some of these things in his philosophy courses. And my middle child, my 20 year old, is a psychology major there. So I've heard a little bit. If you guys have not read or heard anything about Dr. Jordan Peterson, oh, yeah. oh sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah he, he is all over this. He, he, he is really, really on the ball with this. He's just a wonderful person to listen to, but I I just wanted to say it's not just that you like people um, that you know, and it, it, it's it's strictly. I believe uh, this has to do with your sexual attraction for these. All right, Dan, thank you, know,
3: Dan. And all the things you've said, what, what breaks my heart is that you know your daughter knows somebody that in seven oh, and eight well, so they so did, had to declare something oh, then, so does, and then they declared something I else. Mean, so I, what? We, we I can now, name
4: twenty kids I know who've done that in the walk last around ten years. Declaring
3: your sexuality to well, the that, group see, that, the, that you're involved with, and again,
4: with? that's what I'm saying. I think we're hurting ourselves by having to classify ourselves yeah, all yeah. the time. I, I really don't think this is leading us toward a more tolerant, open-minded perspective. I think it's putting us into smaller and smaller circles.
1: When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number one blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Town. Visit Thomas and Friends at their new Kennywood home. Coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best
3: Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Okay, so, so here it going. is Friday, right? Yeah. Here it is Friday, and um, it's a weird week because we sort of paused midweek for a holiday, mm-hmm. but I don't know about you, I'm I'm sort of like doubly tired this week.
4: No, I feel good about it because I feel like I thought yesterday was Monday and today was Tuesday, except it's Friday, and so I'm really happy. Hmm. <laughs> I feel you the get, same
6: way. I feel like we had a little fiesta, in, yeah, yeah. or siesta in yeah. the middle of the week.
10: Really,
4: <laughs> fiesta or siesta? <laughs> yeah, he's got boat on the mind. Yeah, do. he does, Mike. He doesn't really even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, what goes on in that boat out there?
4: What, <laughs> on the, on, well, it, I'll tell you what goes on really? on a uh, on a pontoon boat. Yeah, you, a lot of eating and drinking is what goes on on you a sort pontoon of like, boat.
3: Are you like the young Gilligan out there?
4: Oh yeah. I Gilligan didn't have a pontoon the boat skipper I don't think. Two. Did he have a I don't think he had. No, a no, he
3: had a nice boat. He had do a know, yacht.
4: Do you know I never I've never seen one episode of that oh, show. Oh, what? What? That's a never. great show.
3: That's a fun show. Is it? It's totally improbable, but it's a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah. It just seems so dorky to me. What it's is super dorky? dorky, of course it is. Yeah. Listen,
3: but you this breaks my heart. You have never seen the Andy Griffith show. No, I never have. What? Please. Please watch that show. Yeah.
4: Well you told me how much I would love Dick Van Dyke and then I watched it and I fell in love with well, it. You don't now see I've, it. Seen, I've it. seen every episode twice. Yeah. Jeez. Um celebrity birthdays. Who? Uh Kevin Hart is thirty nine years old. And uh, Sylvester Stallone. How old do you think he is?
3: I know how old he is. Oh, well, I said this to you earlier.
4: Yeah. Did you guess no. it or did you know?
3: Uh, I guessed. And you said you said you immediately confirmed by I was correct. How? St- Stallone, I, I said Stallone is seventy two, and you I said yeah, he's seventy two. How
4: does he do that, Mike? I can't even. Thank figure, you very much. I can't I don't even know. figure that. out. Okay, are you a Stallone fan?
3: Um, I was a Rocky like Rocky one and two fan. Okay, and then I could care less about Rambo or mm-hmm. anything else he's done. You?
4: Um, I wasn't. I I got to be honest. I really dislike boxing. And so I never even was. You never into saw Rocky. Rocky. I did. I saw Rocky one and two. Oh, that's a
3: good film. Yeah. Great film. Yeah.
4: See, I didn't. I, I just. You got to
3: root for Rocky because you know I guess he's the I lovable do. loser. Though you know. Yeah. I just. That it wasn't
4: my favorite. I just good, never really got great, into it.
3: Listen, that would hold up much better than uh, Saturday Night Fever.
4: Oh gosh. Okay. I don't. Th- I mean, Saturday Night Fever. I mean, I told you when I saw that, I about lost it's my. mind. It's the same
3: genre. It's the same time.
4: It's yeah, same I guess it is. Frame. Yeah, they are. I guess it is. I remember going to the theater to see Rocky.
3: Who took you, Dad? My mom. Yeah.
4: Yeah. She My dad loved boxing. I oh, mean, boxing yeah, films. Right. Or just boxing in general. Oh, that's
3: a really good boxing film. And the boxing, you know, of course, the, the fight in it is just mythic. I mean, it's fabulous. Apollo Creed. Love that guy. All right. 72.
4: Um. Okay. So, uh, no, Rocky did not come out in 72.
3: No, no. It came out in oh. uh, 77.
4: Six. Oh. Close. Okay. Close. Um what a, Okay, I'm just going to see what else he has been in that makes any difference. Oh, he's, he was on This Is Us. Do you watch This Is Us, Mike? No. Okay.
3: Rocky was. Yeah.
4: Still alone. Well, I mean, not Rocky.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're done. Uh, have a good weekend because we're leaving now and it truly is Friday.
4: Spy Kids 3. It was a good one.
3: from St. Adrian. Is it? For the end of the fight. Go
4: Rocky. Have yourself a great weekend.
2: The Ride Home with John and Cappy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.